Today is Tuesday, November 28, 2023. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. The pause in the fighting in Gaza has been extended. We'll have that top story and more on today's podcast, where we bring you news from a Christian perspective. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating. You can email us as well. We'd love to hear from you. Quick Start Podcast at cbn.org. We're getting through the news of the cray. That's what we do here. And joining me to get through it today, Trey Gones Phillips and Billy Hallowell. What's up, guys, on this Tuesday? Happy morning. Happy morning. <laughs> happy, happy morning. It's a good Tuesday to be here. Yeah. Ready to go. A lot of stuff to get through. A couple different topics today. They're obviously the latest on Israel. Also, we have on the Focus Story a Hollywood star who became famous as a kid's now warning against childhood celebrity. Yeah, it's a, I think it's an interesting story. It'll be good to talk about because I I think a lot of celebrities have done this recently talking about Hollywood's not maybe the greatest place we all said it was. Right. Maybe not not even just for kids, maybe for anybody. But yeah. still, the warning specifically for kids here. We'll get into that. Also, Jackie Hill Perry on the main thing has a warning about witchcraft in the occult, especially with that weird story, Billy, with the bottles, the witch bottles showing up on the beaches. What's that all about? Yep. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's very bizarre. It's very bizarre. But she, yeah, she's going to get into some really interesting ground on just, you know, what Christians need to be paying attention to. Yeah, indeed. All right, a lot to get to. First, we're going to get through the news in 90 seconds. And the Israel-Hamas truce there in Gaza has been extended by two additional days. This extension was announced by Qatar, and under the agreement, Hamas must release 10 more hostages for each additional day's pause in the fighting. The four-day truce was supposed to end today, but it'll continue now. Over the first three days of it, Hamas released a total of 58 hostages, most of those women and children, while Israel freed 117 Palestinian prisoners. Two American women, meanwhile, being held hostage by Hamas are expected to be freed this week. That's according to the Biden administration. And Elon Musk landed in Tel Aviv and kicked off his visit to the Jewish state yesterday and accompanied Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu on a tour of the kibbutz attacked by Hamas on October 7th. And Representative Mike Gallagher from Wisconsin spoke out against a satanic Christmas tree display at a railroad museum in his hometown of Green Bay and criticized the museum for its insufficient response. He said it's impossible to overstate how offensive this is to Christians. It would be, in quite a literal sense, the same thing as waving a Hamas flag inside a synagogue. Those are just some of today's top headlines. You can check out more over at CBNnews.com. And obviously, good news that some of these hostages are being freed. Billy, as Billy, you and I talked about yesterday, it's it's kind of a tough spot for Israel. Lose, lose. They want to get these hostages back, but you've got to make these concessions in the meantime to get them. So good to see some traction on that. But I wanted to get your take, Billy, especially you, because you're on this beat a lot. But this, this satanic tree at this museum, I'm assuming this is a public um, museum or else I don't know what the argument would be here, but uh, they put up the satanic Temple of Wisconsin put this thing up and now it's going to be among the Christmas trees there. What's your, what's your reaction to that? Yeah. I mean, my, my reaction is that I think a lot of the reason that these groups do this is for attention, 
right? Yeah. Like why, why else do it? First of all, these are atheists. They're not people who are worshiping Satan. Now we can have a whole theological argument about what's actually going on and how Satan is still having an impact through that. But the reality is if you're an atheist and you don't like religion or, or you're just trying to make some sort of point, th- this feels to me allegedly, so we'll cover ourselves, to be <laughs> attention seeking. Uh, and that to me, it's like mocking other people's traditions in order to get attention for yourself. And so, you know, in, in some ways it's almost like, do we need to give them more attention? Because it feels yeah. like that is exactly, it's important to talk about it and to cover it because it is happening. They have their after school clubs and all these other things, but I, I do think it's attention seeking. Yeah. Well, yeah, 100%. I agree that it's it, that it's attention seeking. I think it also highlights the reality that this is a spiritual battle that because wh- why is it, if it is just attention seeking, why is it so important that you do what you can to derail belief in God and Christianity and removal of God from the public square? Why is that such a threat to you? And I think the answer is that there's just a lot of spiritual warfare and spiritual blindness happening in our world. Yeah. And, and look, it's, if you're going to have that, it's, it's all rooted in a visceral hatred of Christianity and of God. That's, that's what spurs them onto this. They hate Christianity. And so therefore they get frustrated and then they want to get the attention in this way and try to do it in a negative way. And I think it's, they try to say, well, we don't actually work, actually worship Satan, but we're just doing this to troll essentially. They don't say it like that, but uh, I think by default, you're still kind of actually on team Satan. If you're against God, if you're not, if you're not with me, you're against me. I mean, this is, uh, you know, it's, it's common sense, but they're not going to see it that way. Yeah, well, and that's and that's where you do have to get into the theological discussion of, okay, well, they're calling themselves atheists, but even if you're out there, you know, systematically, symbolically, you know, saying, oh, we, we just worship the, the character of Satan in literature. Right, well, right. that's problematic spiritually, yeah. too. And, and so, but I do think we have to understand what we're dealing with. There are people who do legitimately worship Satan. And there are people who worship the idea of him in literature. And that's who these people are. These headlines are, are about atheists. And I think we have to keep that in mind as we, it's just the lens through which we can sort yeah. of see these antics. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, indeed. All right. Well, we're going to move over now to the focus story. And Natalie Portman is speaking out against childhood celebrity. And what did she have to say here, Trey? Yeah, you know, Natalie Portman is one of those stars, I think, that every once in a while she'll say something that's pretty rational. And um, this, is, I think, is is one of those instances. So Natalie Portman became a, a star when she was a child. Uh, it was in 1994 that she was in her first movie. Uh, and then in 1999, she became really a household name when she... Uh, played in Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace, and that's like she uh, burst onto the scene then, as has obviously been an actor, uh, a famous star ever since. Um, so she recently was talking to Variety about some of her experience and whether she would want kids to be stars today or whether she thinks kids should be stars today. Uh, and she said, I would not encourage young people to try to make it in Hollywood as children, would not encourage the parents of children uh, to try to to create celebrity and, and stardom with their children, uh, really because of the dangers that come with the industry. We've heard so much about 
the the sexual abuse that's happened in Hollywood. We know also too about uh, the ways in which our culture has kind of manipulated children when it comes to sexual identity, like even in public schools and all of that is happening really like on steroids uh, in Hollywood. And also it's just, you're still forming who you are as a human being. How do you even, you don't know how to function in the world yourself, like by yourself as an individual. How can you have all the tools you need to function uh, in an industry like Hollywood where there are all kinds of things vying for your attention, uh, all kinds of people competing for you and trying to get you to say certain things, believe certain things, dress certain ways. Uh, and she really just said it's it's just not the, the safest place. Essentially, this is what she told the magazine. She said, I feel it was almost an accident of luck that I was not harmed, uh, also combined with very overprotective and wonderful parents. You don't like it when you're a kid and you're grateful for it when you're an adult. Uh, talking about parents being really protective. She said, I've heard it. I've heard too many bad stories to think that any children should be a part of Hollywood. What did she say about how Hollywood and, and the she kind of mentioned, as you, you alluded to there, that she had some things happen to her. What did she say on that front? Yeah, so she did acknowledge that she was never physically harmed. She wasn't attacked sexually or physically, like in any way. But she did talk about the over-sexualization of her, of her body, even uh, when she was underage, when she was a child star. Uh, she says that that was actually the reason why later in her career, early as, as an adult, early on, uh, she kind of went away from the public square and she wasn't really as vocal. She wasn't dressing in really provocative clothing. She was wearing more conservative clothes. And she said that she was kind of made fun of for that early on in her adult career. As she said, many quote, had this impression of me that I was this super serious prude and conservative as I got older, obviously being conservative wouldn't be a bad thing, but in Hollywood, that's, that, that's a criticism. Um, so, but she said, I, I consciously cultivated that because it was a way to make me feel safe talking about uh, being more conservative in the way she dressed and, and, and not being in the public square or public eye as much. She said, if someone respects you, they're not going to objectify you at that age. You do have your own sexuality and you have, you do have your own desire and you want to explore things, but you don't, you don't feel safe to do that. Uh, you, you, so you build these fortresses. And now obviously she's not coming at this from a, biblical worldview or a biblical perspective. Uh, but I think the point still remains, right? That there as a kid, how are you supposed to respond when there are people in the media who are asking you more sexually charged questions, who are asking you these adult themed questions, uh, which so often happens. Uh, so ultimately her final comments were, I just don't believe that kids should work in Hollywood. She said, I think that kids should be playing and going to school just living normal childhood lives rather than being in Hollywood. Because as you said, Dan, at the top, it, it's dangerous enough for adults. Yeah. Uh, it's even more dangerous, I think, for kids. Well, and you look at what we're seeing come out of Hollywood and just with the predatory behavior, not even just how the movies themselves and the shows themselves are hypersexualized, yeah. but just behind the scenes, just the incredibly predatory nature of a lot of powerful people in Hollywood and the way that they're going after not just women, but but there's a lot of accusations against kids, too. It's a really it's a really scary place. Yeah, for sure. And that's going to lead us into our main thing for today. Jackie Hill Perry, an author, speaker and poet, is out with a new book, Upon Waking, 60 Daily Reflections to Discover Ourselves and the God We Were Made For. She joined Billy for today's main thing to discuss the book and also a powerful warning 
about witchcraft and the occult. That's today's main thing. So Jackie, your new book, Upon Waking, 60 Daily Reflections to Discover Ourselves and the God We Were Made For. This is a little different from some of your other projects, some of your other book projects. Why did you go the devotional route? Um, My publisher brought up the idea and I was a bit uh, cynical about it because I, even as I say in the introduction, I don't read devotionals. Um, and so it just didn't seem like something that was my cup of tea. Um, but I thought through why I didn't read them. And obviously a lot of that was because I think it's shallow. I think a lot of them are very self-centered. I think they're, I think they motivate people, uh, in a non-scriptural way. And so it felt like, oh, well just write what you want to see. And so I just took it as a challenge to, to create a resource and a work that I think was helpful. I love, I love that you just said that too. And this is one of the things I always enjoy about, about you and how candid you are and honest, because I agree with you. I think a lot of devotionals are that way. And so you got to kind of craft what you wanted to craft here and ended up with a finished product that you think is going to lead people closer to the gospel and to the truth, right? Not away from it or not distract them from it. Yeah, hopefully, because I, the, I tried to, I tried to use the scripture as the launching pad for all the ideas, right? I think it's the scripture that is profitable. It's the scripture that is useful. David said, I hide your word in my heart so that I would not sin against you. It's, it's the scriptures. That's the sword of the spirit. It's faith in them that helps us to extinguish the flaming darts of the evil one. And so I think if we have the scriptures as the basis of the devotional ideas that we actually have something that will bear a lot of fruit throughout our day. Yeah. No, I love that. And you've got, you know, one of the the pieces of the book title, the subtitle, The God We Were Made For, that really struck me because, I mean, you know this in your own testimony and journey. We know this looking at the culture. It's very much a culture of me, me, me. It's all about me. This idea that that we were made for God or that we you know belong to God, and that term upsets people sometimes, you know, in this culture. Um, but that's such an important thing to drive home. When you look at the culture right now, what is it that most concerns you? Because, and, and it could be Christian culture or just general culture. My primary concern is Christian culture, um, because if we're not if we're not the salt of the earth, then like, how are people going to, you know, learn about Jesus and all the things? And so I, I think one of my bigger concerns is I think we're distracted. I, I think we're distracted in an American church in particular. I think we're distracted by politics. I think we're distracted by tribalism. I think we're distracted by worldliness and carnality, right? Like we're all, we're very ambitious and we have the ability to, to accomplish many things in the workplaces, in schools, even in church. We can build larger churches. We can sell a whole bunch of books. We can do all the things. And many of that is good. Many of that is God glorifying. But I think if it's distracting us from the point, which is to love God and love people, then that is a problem. And so I think that's a concern of mine is that our focus is off. Yeah, I mean, one of the things earlier this year, and I want to talk more more about the book, but that you said that really stuck out to me, um, and I know there were a number of stories about it. You were, you know, talking about you know Satan trying to destroy an entire generation about evil, and I have often found, and I'd love to get your take on this, and I have a feeling I think I know where you'll go with it, but you know, 
a lot of times the church doesn't want to talk about evil or doesn't want to talk about that, you know, Ephesians 6, the fact that we're in the midst of this spiritual battle and how essential it is to understanding that. To me, that points us back to the Lord, right? Like understanding what's going on. Um, I thought it was pretty bold, though, how you spoke up on that and talked about it. So I'd love for you to just reflect on that a little bit. Yeah, because witches are bold. <laughs> witches are very out loud and, 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 and bold about their rituals and their altars and the, the means by which they can access uh, the spirit realm independent of Jesus, right? And you have an entire generation that is on TikTok being introduced to these, these powers and th this ability to, to find strength, to find peace, to find um, some sort of control over their lives, over their minds, and even over others through supernatural means. And I think we have to talk about it if we love people right? Um, you, you have Paul over here in, in Ephesus dealing with people, dealing in dark practices, right? You have uh, Exodus uh, 33, like what the Israelites, that was a cultic for them to build a false idol and to worship it. And so for me, I, I think we have to uh, speak to the fact that people believe that there is power in other dimensions apart from Jesus himself. But Jesus came and said that you cannot worship the Father. You cannot access God if you are not doing it in spirit, by the power of the Spirit, and in truth, according to God's word as revealed in the Son. And so I think if we don't talk about it, then we're leaving a, we're leaving a lot of people lost. We can't be scared of the devil. He's defeated. But we also can't be so rational that we think everything is a matter of logic and not also a spiritual reality at play. Yeah, and that's the thing that I have found over the last couple of years looking at this so troubling is that so many people want to pretend this isn't happening. It's as though Ephesians 6 doesn't exist. This spiritual battle is not happening. And you mentioned, you know, we're distracted and not every single thing is spiritual. Some things are just bad decisions that, you know, we make in life. But a lot of things are spiritual. A lot of the things yeah. we watch on the news, the evil we see, this is very real and it's happening. And, you know, part of, I think, waking up, right, uh, to the God we were made for is recognizing that, right? Understanding that paradigm and how Jesus won, but that we need to be aware of the battle we're in. That's good. No, that's good. Because Paul would often say that I'm not ignorant of the devil's schemes and him being aware of his schemes, being aware of the fact that he's crafty, being aware of the fact that he's at play. And, and even in uh, many of the things that happen in church, I think it set him up to move a certain kind of way. You know, like, um, I think sometimes we get caught up in thinking that even what's happening in our churches is just flesh and blood. There's division because people are problematic and people are irritating and people are this. And it's like, yes, it's them. But there's also some dimension behind it that helps us to fight the real enemy. My brother is not my enemy. The enemy is my enemy, right? And so I think even yeah. being aware of the devil in that way helps us to treat people um, in a particular way. All right, Billy, thanks for that conversation there. Really great great commentary there at the end. I like that perspective on just being aware. I mean, kind of as to what we were talking about earlier with um, the satanic tree display and just sort of being aware of these spiritual battles that are being playing out before us oftentimes uh, in the news. So appreciate that one. That's going to leave us here with time on the podcast for one last thing. 
Yeah, I love this verse. It's Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, in such a hopeless society, this idea that we can get hope from God is deeply powerful. Yeah, and it's a great reminder to keep our eye on the prize, right? That Jesus is, Jesus is the prize, and His ultimate focus of, uh, or should be the ultimate focus of everything in our faith. Yeah, and um, I think it's underrated to focus on. We talk about joy and gratitude, but that peace. I think when you're really following God and you're walking in as in step with Him, you're gonna have peace, and and you're not gonna have that guilty conscience lugging you around, and it's it's just a great way to live. When anyone who's been in that zone knows it, so a uh, great thing to strive for there. All right, that's all the time we have for today, Lord willing. And that creek don't rise. We shall return tomorrow with more. God bless. See you then. <laughs>